Hey everybody, welcome back to the Family Herbalism Podcast. Today I get to share some very special news. This week my sister had a brand new baby, a little girl named Phoebe, and I got to be there for her birth and it was just the most incredible thing and such an honor to be able to be a part of their birth experience. And so today I wanted to share with you some special things around pregnancy and birth in honor of Phoebe and her very special mom. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. So I realized that not everyone really needs to um, be thinking about pregnancy and birth or maybe, you know, you're in a different phase of life. Maybe you are not interested in pregnancy and birth for whatever reason, but everyone knows somebody. And so in case you or someone you know is interested in pregnancy and birth topics, I would like to share with you some special things about how you can have an easier pregnancy and birth by working with herbs. But before I do that, I thought I would just share a little background about why this is important to me, not just as an herbalist, but about uh, my own personal life and experience. Not all of you may know, but I actually used to work as a birth doula. Uh, I may have mentioned that in a previous podcast, I'm not sure, but I did used to work as a birth doula and I actually started when I was just barely 16 years old and in that time since then I have now attended 36 births and which doesn't feel like a lot compared to uh, you know many of the birth workers out there but it, they each one of them was very special to me and so when I was a teenager I was trained through a single mom and pregnancy support center called Hope House that was in Maine and it's still there actually. And then I was trained by DONA, which is Doulas of North America. And then I went on to get my certification in hypnobabies doula work. And so I was able to offer that as an extra tool for my clients. I, so I started doing this 19 years ago and I have not actually attended many births in the past few years because I'm not officially working as a doula anymore. And in fact, for my sister's birth this week, my primary role was really to be there for my nephew, which was so much fun to be able to get to know him a little bit better through this process and spend some extra time with him. So I've really enjoyed that. Um, but each one has their own special story and uh, the the experiences that I've gained from each one has just been really, really incredible. Um, so you know, herbalism for me actually goes back to my own pregnancy and birth experience because that's how I first learned about herbs actually and their medicinal benefits and health benefits. Prior to my working with the midwives, I really didn't know that much about herbs anyway other than spices that you used in cooking and perhaps a nice cup of chamomile tea for some relaxation Maybe, you know, some people enjoy drinking tea just for the taste rather than drinking coffee. You know, the, my experience was very limited. And even until I was pregnant with my own first child, I didn't really think about applying that information. It was just something that the midwives did with their clients. But when I was pregnant with my first, that's when my midwife started saying, hey, you really, you really ought to apply this to yourself. And so... That's where my journey began. 
And so I've talked about my first experience with comfrey being my uh, my first plant, and everybody will have their own experience, their own first plant that will have a special story for them. And comfrey was mine. And so pregnancy is really important to me as a as a topic to talk about because that's where my origin story is. I suppose that's where I first learned about herbs and applied them to my life. And of course, that's grown a lot since then. Over the years, I've been able to have all kinds of experiences where herbs have been beneficial. But that's really where it began. And pregnancy and birth are an interesting uh, conversation around herbalism because there, there's a lot of talk about what's safe and, and what's dangerous and what's okay and what's not okay. And caution should be exercised around herbs during the season because some can trigger contractions, some can impact blood pressure or blood sugar, and some can even impact the development of the baby. And then after the birth, some can dry up milk or some can cause more milk to be developed. And so those are some impacts that need to be uh, appreciated and understood. But there are some plants, there are actually a lot of plants, as you can see by the title of this podcast, that are actually super awesome for pregnancy and birth. And so I I think it's really important that we respect that there are some cautions, but also understand that that does not rule out herbs for pregnancy and birth by any stretch of the imagination. And in fact, there are a lot of plants that are very safe to work with and can really positively impact pregnancy and the birth experience. The four types of plants that most herbalists focus on for this season are nutritive, nervine, antispasmodic, and carminative herbs, and we'll talk about each one of them. But there are also plants that can be used for very specific symptoms. So for example, say a woman has high blood pressure in pregnancy, she might be able to really benefit from working with hawthorn, which is a great uh, cardiac a toning herb, but it might not be appropriate for her to work with that for the entire pregnancy. Or perhaps she's really struggling with anxiety during a certain season and maybe some motherwort would be really great, but it should be governed by a an experienced herbalist or midwife while she's working with it because it can potentially be uh, you know, it can potentially trigger some contractions. So that has to be supervised a little bit more. So there are some that you might work with, but for very specific purposes. So I'm going to mention a few of those today, but most of the ones that I'm going to be talking about are herbs that are very safe to work with, can be worked with in fairly large quantities if desired, and offer widespread benefits to pregnant and birthing moms. So if you have a history of a miscarriage or you have a certain health condition that pre-exists pregnancy or you are taking medications that pre-exist pregnancy, there are definitely some extra cautions that should be taken and you want to look into your specific situation. You want to ask questions and find out if they're safe for you. But even if that's the case, there are still many herbs that can be worked with to have a great experience. So before I talk about 
specific herbs and all the stories and all the great benefits of working with them. I also want to talk a little bit about the pros and cons of the forms of these plants that you can work with. The first is food. So something that's sort of disregarded by a lot of people is that when you're working with plants, you don't have to work with them in any fancy form. You don't have to make a salve. You don't have to make a tincture or a special kind of tea. For many of them, you can just throw them into your food. And there are some really great recipe books on working with spices and with herbs, different types of culinary herbs. I mean, soup and salad are pretty straight up simple. You can always throw you know, a variety of herbs into your soup or mix them into your salads and have a great experience with that. Other foods that you can work with and add herbs and spices to include dips and spreads or seasonings on meat or other foods. You can add them to smoothies. Uh, powdered herbs are really great for smoothies. You can add some to granola. The list is really just endless. There are, again, recipe books. You can use Pinterest. You can Google search specific foods or specific uh, herbs to find out what kind of combinations you can make. But really, if you are creative in the least bit, you can easily work with herbs in food form. So then, of course, you can always make a tea. Some are a little bit bitter and you might prefer them in a different form. Uh, You can add essential oils to a diffuser or to a roller bottle, which is really nice. And you can also make a tincture or work with them in tincture form. This is actually really helpful if you're in labor because, number one, most women in active labor don't really want to take the time to drink a cup of tea, although they might enjoy sipping an iced tea, certainly. Um, But the other thing is that if a woman is really nauseous and throwing up during labor, they probably are going to want the benefit of the of the plant without having to worry about vomiting <laughs> vomiting it up. And so tincture is really great because it gets it into your bloodstream very quickly and you don't have to worry about that. And finally, massage oils, which can be made with infused oils, uh, infused plants, I should say, into an oil like olive oil or jojoba oil or coconut oil. Or you can uh, have an essential oil infused into a massage oil and make it that way. The important thing, though, is that if you're working with a massage oil for labor, you really want to test it out first because if a laboring mom does not like the smell or if she has a sensitivity to a certain oil, you don't want to discover those things in the middle of labor. So definitely test those out beforehand. (laughs) All right, so let's talk about the specific plants. Now, I try to come up with a list of all the different herbs that I commonly work with that are safe for pregnancy and birth. And I came up with way too many to talk about in this particular episode. So what I'm going to do is list off the herbs that I think would be useful in some way for pregnancy or birth or early postpartum. And then I'm just going to go into a few of them specifically and talk about various stories and uses for them in particular. So are you ready for this list of 45 plants? You can get out your paper, you can come back and take notes if you want to. Uh, These are easily found on, you know, quick Google searches, or I I will actually give you a list of 
extra resources, books that you can purchase on Amazon for really cheap and go back and refer to these on a regular basis if you need to. But here's the 45. All right. Lavender, peppermint, lemon, ginger, chamomile, lemon balm, oats, dandelion, nettle, rose, and that's rose in its various forms, hibiscus, rooibos, red raspberry, alfalfa, borage, fennel, cinnamon, clary sage, hawthorn, comfrey, corn silk, horse chestnut, horsetail, spearmint, calendula, yarrow, witch hazel, kelp, mushrooms, and mushrooms is a category, violets, echinacea, plantain, marshmallow, peach, garlic, strawberry, blackberry, black cohosh, blue cohosh, excuse me, motherwort, licorice, hops, yellow dock, chickweed, and cleavers. Now to clarify, when I said peach, strawberry, and blackberry, I was primarily talking about the leaves, but you can also work with the fruit and eat that as food and it will give you some great benefits. And also clary sage, yarrow, and black and blue cohosh and motherwort should be reserved for use once a woman is full term and they can offer some really great benefits for early labor but they should not be used prior to in especially in large quantities unless there is a very good reason for it because they can stimulate labor to start and there are also a lot of other herbs that i did not even mention i mean think of all the culinary herbs like oregano and thyme and rosemary and all, you know all the things that we throw onto our food without even thinking about that are actually herbs that offer some really great health benefits. So I didn't even get into those. So as you can see, there are a lot of great plants that can be worked with safely for most women during pregnancy and birth. A few of these too should only be used topically. Um, You know, for example, clary sage, you know, essential oils in general, you'd really only want to work with topically. Uh, Some are, you know, normally used in culinary amounts. So for example, rosemary, you know, you wouldn't want to drink a tea of rosemary in labor or in pregnancy perhaps, but you can very safely throw it onto your food in normal culinary amounts and uh, get some really great uh, uh, cardiac, cardiovascular type benefits. Um, And again, some you only want to use after a certain point in pregnancy, but most are quite safe in medicinal amounts especially as needed throughout pregnancy and birth. So if you have any concerns, any specific health reasons why you'd want to be more cautious, do your research on each one that you choose to use. But in general, these are perfectly safe. All right, so I decided to focus on 10 different plants that I felt like would be safe for almost every single woman and offer multiple benefits. And again, remember that most of the time herbalists who are working with pregnant women are focusing on things that are nutritive or have lots of nutrients in them for both mom and growing baby. 
They are carminative, which means that they help to regulate digestion and support healthy digestion, which can be, you know, an issue for a lot of pregnant women with heartburn or constipation or upset stomach. Uh, They're also, some of them are antispasmodic. Antispasmodics are great for pregnancy because they can help with muscle cramps. You know, um, think about the hips and the stomach muscles that are constantly stretching, back muscles that might be cramping up, charley horses sometimes happen in pregnancy. So those are some great reasons to work with antispasmodics. But also during early labor, sometimes the contractions can be uh, very crampy and they can be irregular. It's like the uterus is toning itself and getting ready for active labor. So the contractions are very irregular and they're not very cohesive, I guess, because you have multiple sets of muscles that have to work together in the uterus to create really nice contractions that will move the baby down. And so you want those muscles to be working effectively together. And if it's not, antispasmodics will help those muscles to chill out a little bit and kind of re, you know, they'll communicate with each other again. All right, let's try again. And then they end up, you know, cramping more effectively or causing more effective contractions. So that's another really great uh, type of herb to work with. And finally, nervines are going to be really, really important for pregnancy. Things that are going to help calm the nerves, help the woman feel... Uh, able to focus and be clear-minded, to not be anxious, to be able to sleep better. That's, of course, really important. All of those things are are ways that nervines work well for pregnant women. All right, so it was hard to choose my favorite 10, and, and it's really hard to say that they're even my favorite. I just think that these are really great ones for most women. The first one is lemon balm. Lemon balm has a really pleasant taste. It's great as a tea. It's also, you know, great in essential oil form. It's all it's known as Melissa in essential oil form. Lemon balm is very minty. It's a lemony mint flavor, so it's really great. And it's one of my favorites in general for anxiety and overstimulation. So restlessness, anxiousness, busy mind, uh, feeling overwhelmed. There's too much information coming in, whether that's sense, you know, sensory or just literal mental information. And, and I love that it's safe for everybody, literally safe for everybody. So all the way from babies, young babies to elderly and all life seasons. The only caveat is that if a person has uh, hypothyroidism, some people think that lemon balm might aggravate that and then other herbalists who have been practicing a long time say there's there's no evidence of that and they've worked with it uh, to help balance thyroid health but lemon balm in pregnancy uh, is also great for respiratory support so if they're experiencing shortness of breath uh, heart palpitations it really helps to calm down those things upset stomach so it helps with it is a carminative it helps with upset stomach and gas And also because it has an antiviral aspect to it, it's been worked with successfully for um, herpes and as well as anything that's related to skin uh, skin issues. So even um, agitated, itchy skin from, you know, the stomach area being all stretched out, lemon balm can be really great for that as well. 
All right, so number two is oats. And that's oats like eating oats, oatmeal for breakfast. Uh, you know, and in that form, they offer a lot of nutrition. You can also work with oat straw, which is the stock part of the plant. And milky oats is my absolute favorite, which uh, is it still has that, when it's made into medicine, it has that uh, milky substance that's coating the actual oat. And that's really important. Uh, a really important part of the medicine. So oats are full of minerals and vitamins and antioxidants and protein and silicon, which is also really important for growth. Um, it's emotionally, it's really great for the person who feels overexerted and all drained out. It's really strengthening to the adrenal glands. It's strengthening to the nervous system and it provides a lot of nourishment especially to connective tissues and places where you would need uh, protein and calcium. So skin, hair, nails, uh, really great for people who are just dried out. Uh, so when you're, they're all dried out and drained out, this can lead to insomnia from overexertion. It can also lead to muscle spasms and weakness. And one of the best ways that oats can really shine is when a woman is experiencing pups, which is a skin condition that's basically it's an allergic reaction to the skin stretching really quickly. And so it's very, very uncomfortable. And having a really nice oat bath or a compress of oats on a regular basis can be very relieving to that. Next up, we have lemon. Now, I remember working with lemon when I was pregnant the first time. I was drinking lemon juice on a regular basis. I would put just, I would take uh, either fresh squeezed lemons or more realistically, it was usually the lemon juice that you buy at the grocery store. And I would put a couple tablespoons maybe in a glass of water and I would drink at least one of those every day. And I found that it worked really well for fluid retention. And if I didn't drink the lemon juice, I would totally notice it in my hands. They would feel really tight and swollen. And the lemon juice helped to slow that process down a little bit. And the reason is because lemon is a diuretic and it is toning to the tissues. And so it helps to direct the fluid from the, the tissues throughout the body where it doesn't belong into the urinary uh, system. Uh, but lemon also has other benefits. So you can use the oil for nausea. It's also very uplifting and energizing. And if you're working with it in food form, it really boosts the immunity. You know, so if you have, if you eat the white part around any citrus fruit, it has lots of antioxidants in there. So it's not just the vitamin C from the lemon. It's also uh, the flavonoids and extra antioxidants that you're getting from that white part of the rind. And so you can work with that in food, as food form, as just the juice, as the essential oil. Uh, you know, dried lemon peels work really great in teas. All right, so let's talk about the next one. Number four is borage. Borage is also known as star flower. It has these beautiful little blue flowers on it, and they taste like cucumbers. It's very strange. Um, so some people actually, like if you go to a fancy restaurant, you will sometimes find borage flowers put into either the desserts or the salads. It's commonly worked in food form. So if you are able to get any fresh 
oh my goodness, totally work with it in food form. It's the best. But if you have it dried, you know, that's great too. It's wonderful in tea. You can also work with it in tincture form. It's loaded with minerals. And borage is really awesome for people who are have very strong adrenal fatigue. They're just completely exhausted and worn out. And so it's great for uh, mood swings, especially that are connected to exhaustion and fatigue or nervous, uh, like, I, I don't want to say breakdown, but just feeling completely overwhelmed. And so it's great for nervous, uh, nervous system support as well there. Um, in addition to minerals, uh, it also has, let's see here, specifically calcium and potassium. And one of the great things too about borage is that it aids in digestion in a way that improves absorption of other nutrients. So borage is a great one to combine with other plants so that you're really getting a great combination of nutrients into your body. Which brings me to nettle. Nettle is one of the herbs that I remember being highly recommended by midwives when I was working uh, with various birth teams because nettle is super high in protein, especially if you are eating the young leaves raw or not necessarily raw, but like, uh, you know, the whole fresh plant and then uh, cooking it or preparing it into food. It is so high in protein, but it also has a lot of different minerals and vitamins and antioxidants. Iron is one of the ones that it's talked about most. So people with uh, women with anemia, which is fairly common in pregnancy, it is very important to address because obviously you're going to have some blood loss after the birth and energy loss and you don't want to lose any more energy than, than you have to. So nettle can really help to prevent that from happening and support a healthy energy and um, nutrient you know, level. It's also great for putting fluid where it belongs, which means that it's also going to help like lemon with swelling, edema in the hands and feet especially. Nettle's really great for all body systems. Honestly, if you put nettle with any other herb, you're going to have a great combination that's going to support, you know, healthy blood pressure and kidney function, uh, blood sugar balance, a healthy adrenal glands, uh, sore, it helps with sore muscles and sciatica which is really important for a lot of women. So in this and this way, you know, what traditionally what people have done is actually work with the fresh leaves that still have the uh you know, I think it's formic acid that's in the little needles on the on the plant. They're just super super fine. You can't even see them unless you look really really close. But some people with arthritis will actually take those fresh leaves and apply them directly to the skin as a sort of counter pressure. Uh, sort of like an electrical stimulation sort of sensation that happens right on the skin and that can be very relieving. But if you take the freeze-dried capsules instead, which had those fresh leaves in it and you take those internally, it will offer support where there has been pain such as sciatic or sore muscles. So the one caution with nettle is that if you're taking any kind of medication that has to do with the heart, you, especially those that affect the, um, the thinness or the thickness of blood, then you want to exercise some extra caution and not take it on a regular basis because it can 
uh, have a blood thinning effect and you don't want that to be additive in most cases. So if you have any kind of heart condition, check with an herbalist or a midwife who is experienced with herbs to find out if that's appropriate for you. All right, next up is yellow dock. So there are all kinds of docks. There's you know, burdock and large leaf dock and like all the, all the different docks. But yellow dock in particular has lots and lots of iron and other minerals as well and other vitamins. And yellow dock root can really help people who have anemia or other conditions that are related. Constipation is actually connected to iron level. And so if you don't have enough or you have too much, that can affect your digestion. And so yellow dock is really great for anemia, but it's also great for broken sleep. You know, exhaustion is connected to the iron level. And so yellow dock can help there. And any kind of uh, slow digestion process. So if you have, uh, let's say you've ate a really heavy meal, like you had a really, you had a great big steak and maybe not enough fiber and vegetables to help you get that down. And so you have heartburn and you have constipation and, and maybe some gas. Well, yellow dog helps to move things along and help, help you to process and digest your food. And because, and part of how it does that is actually through your liver. It helps your liver to digest things, which means if you've listened at all to some of my other podcasts about uh, related to skin health, the the liver health is really impo- important for healthy skin. And so if your liver is not functioning correctly, you're going to have dry, itchy skin. Uh, you might have breakouts of acne or, or other, uh, maybe eczema or psoriasis if that is already an issue for you and yellow dot can really help to process things through the liver so that your skin health is also positively affected and yellow dock you can make into a tea or an infusion but there's actually a really great recipe i found that was made by the herbalist seven song and you can look this up but uh, yellow dock infused into molasses so you make a really strong decoction or tea of yellow dock and then you mix it basically half and half with blackstrap molasses which is already high in iron and it makes a really tasty combination and it is a great way to boost your iron and help with digestion and skin health so that's just something you can you can make it you can stick in your fridge you can eat it by the spoonful a couple times a day and you'll get a really great boost right there Next up, we have garlic. So most, a lot of people don't think of garlic as being an herb, but it is a it is considered an herb because of its medicinal benefits. And garlic is safe for m- most people unless you're eating in extremely high quantities and have, uh, you know, some heart conditions or heart medications that you're taking. So you'd want to be cautious about that. But most people don't take it in extremely high doses. I'm just I'm just thinking adding in, you know, two to three cloves a day is really great for strengthening, toning the heart and other muscles of the body. It aids with circulation. It aids in blood sugar balance. It supports a healthy immune system, respiratory function. You know, a lot of women in pregnancy are, are having you know, more difficult difficulty with taking, being able to take deep breaths. And so you want to make sure that the respiratory system is working really great. 
but also garlic is wonderful at balancing bacterial flora in the gut and uh, in other organs of the body. And so garlic helps to make sure that the bacterial loads are appropriate and well-balanced between good bacteria and unhealthy bacteria and keeping everything working well that way. And also garlic has lots of great nutritive value too. It has It's loaded with fiber and it has zinc along with the vitamins, which is really important because zinc is necessary for absorbing certain vitamins, especially B vitamins. And the garlic has B vitamins and zinc in it together. And so you're getting both of them and you're getting the maximum amount of vitamin B that you can from that garlic because of the zinc. So garlic is really great just adding into your food. Um, but one of the fun ways to work with garlic is actually to uh, pickle it, to put it in either vinegar or honey or some other type of solvent that you can just, you know, put it in there and then stick it in the fridge and forget about it for a couple of weeks and then go back and start eating the garlic. And you can have, again, two to three cloves a day is is a really great place to, to a start and um, it's just fun to snack on it that way. So it's really easy. It's not like eating just, you know, a raw clove of garlic, which is pretty intense for most people. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so that's that's a fun way to work with it. All right, moving on to chamomile. So probably you guys were waiting for that mention. When are we going to talk about chamomile? Well, chamomile is super common. It's, you know, if you think of tea, most people think of chamomile pretty quick. And chamomile, you can buy it in, in boxes at the at the grocery store. It's very accessible, but you can also buy it loose leaf. I keep loose leaf chamomile at my office, so pe- you know people can come in and get chamomile and know that it's grown locally. Chamomile is a wonderful nervine, but it's also antispasmodic, and it's also carminative, so it's got uh, lots of great benefits. It's wonderful for muscle spasms, for backache. So drinking a nice tea or putting it in the bathtub even is really great for muscle muscle aches and pains. It's also wonderful as a nervine for people who have anxiety that moves downward. So it usually starts in the gut. You might have indigestion, but then you find yourself in the bathroom. And that can be agitated during pregnancy. So chamomile can be really great to calm down the digestive system when it's overheated or overactive. Uh, especially from nervousness. And then sometimes that anxiety can affect in, in the sleep patterns and in, cause insomnia. And so chamomile can help with that as well. So again, indigestion, um, feeling irritable, out of sorts, can't really explain why you're feeling uh, you know, uncomfortable, but it's there. And then interestingly, chamomile has been found to increase pain tolerance. Drinking it on a regular basis can help one to feel stronger and more capable and prepared and uh, feeling kind of more in charge. And so that increases your pain tolerance too, which is really nice. Next up, we have ginger. This is number nine. So ginger... It is often used by pregnant women for nausea, and it can be used during labor for nausea as well. But it has so many wonderful benefits. So for example, it also helps to balance bacterial flora. So it can help with yeast or UTIs, which can be a challenge for for some women, especially who have a history of these conditions. 
but it's also great for balancing gut bacteria. So in, you know, sometimes when we have indigestion, it's because the bacteria throughout the gut is not balanced and ginger can really help with that. And so through that process can help with issues like slow digestion where there's just not enough enzymes to break down the food and it's causing some, uh, you know, stomach cramps or heartburn or things like that. It can also be really supportive of circulation. So it's similar to garlic in this way as well. It aids with circulation, uh, which means that it can help with headaches, muscle cramps, back pain, and even blood sugar. And so it's Again, it offers really great benefits. You can eat it in candy form. You can have it in uh, soda form. You can have it in tea form. You can also get it in tincture form. Uh, You can eat it as food. So you can go to the grocery store and buy a section of ginger root and shred it up and put it into, you know, as needed and put it into your uh, soups, put it into your stir fries wherever you feel, you know, maybe your cookies, maybe you want to make some cookies with some fresh ginger and that, that will be so medicinal. And it does have lots of fiber too, which also I think is part of the reason why it supports healthy gut bacteria, uh, because fiber is absolutely necessary for, for healthy bacteria levels. And then finally we have dandelion. Dandelion was the other plant that I remember um, herbalists talking a lot about because it is so rich in minerals and vitamins and fiber. It has like a really great variety of mineral types. And so it is a food and it is because it's considered a food, it's very healthy to, to eat in food quantities. You can use the smaller leaves to make a really nice salad. Um, you can also add them to soups. Uh, there are some really great fun recipes for bread that work with dandelion. You know, even all parts of the dandelion are edible. So you can work with the roots, you can work with the leaves, the the flowers, the whole thing is edible. Very safe plant. Uh, it can help with water retention. So again, those tight hands can really help with that. Um, it can also aid with proper digestion. I really like working with dandelion for people who have sluggish digestion where they're just not processing food very well and it's just sort of sitting there and the dandelion helps to move things along. It also helps with balancing blood sugar and it helps with liver health. So again, it's going to benefit the skin. Uh, Also can help people with insomnia. And because it's mineral rich, it's also great for preventing anemia. So there are some really great benefits to working with dandelion. So we've covered lemon balm, oats, lemon, borage, nettle, yellow dock, garlic, chamomile, ginger, and dandelion. And I could tell you stories about so many of the plants that I originally mentioned. There are really great benefits to each of them, but I would encourage you to spend some time researching plants that would be helpful for you. So if you have a certain condition, you can look up herbs that are great for that condition that are safe for pregnancy. Or if you're really drawn to a certain plant, say you have, um, you know, you've got violets growing all over your front yard. Maybe you want to look up what are violets beneficial for and how would I work with that during pregnancy? You know, so you can approach it from a variety of different angles. Um, If you are really curious and want to learn more, or if you're planning a pregnancy, or if you are pregnant, 
There are a few books that I highly recommend. The first is called Wise Woman Herbal for the Childbearing Year, and that's written by Susan Weed. It's an older book, but it has a lot of great value. Next, we have Aromatherapy and Herbal Remedies for Pregnancy, Birth, and Breastfeeding, and this is by Demetria Clark, and she is the director for the Heart of Herbs Herbal School that I went to, and I use that book as a reference when people ask me for pregnancy questions, you know, and herbal safety, because I just, I always like to confirm that I remember things correctly. And so I use that as a really great reference. Then we have Herbal Healing for Women by Rosemary Gladstar. She has a whole section in there for pregnancy and birth. And then there's the complete book of essential oils and aromatherapy by Valerie Ann Warwood, which is great for people who are specifically working with essential oils, regardless of the brand or the source, this book will apply. Uh, and they, she has some really great recipes in there as well, not just uh, individual oils and how you would use them. And then finally, we have the Earthwise Herbal Repertory by Matthew Wood. Uh, the one book written by a man on this topic, uh, actually the book it has all kinds of different topics, all kinds of different conditions, and there is a whole section on uh, herbal remedies for pregnancy and birth and postpartum, breastfeeding, all of that. And I really value what he has to say. Uh, he has a collection of information that is based on many different herbalists and sort of put all into one place. And so that's a great reference that I use frequently. I do work with pregnant women. Uh, I have worked a lot with fertility issues, with reproductive health issues, and also supported uh, quite a few women through pregnancy and birth and breastfeeding and planning pregnancies, um, whether they were working with me as an herbalist or as a doula. And so if you would like to work with someone, um, I'm not actively, I'm not taking clients as a doula. That just happened to be um, something I was able to do this year for my sister and a friend. But if you would like to work with an herbalist who does have experience working on, on those with those seasons of life, uh, definitely reach out to me. You can ask questions. I do Zoom calls. I do. I meet with people in Auburn, Maine, and you can reach me at laureltreewellness at, uh, at gmail.com. But I do recommend that you get a good quality book for reference that's written by an herbalist and not just using Google as a source because Google can be helpful, but it's not complete. And most of the time, if you do Google search, they'll just tell you to be on the safe side, just talk to your doctor rather than giving you really helpful information. So books are really helpful for that. All right. So thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope that you found it beneficial and encouraging. And I look forward to hearing from you via email. And I will talk to you again next week.